Up next with Mark Joe, the fire that should be there. You're living in denial. It's not normal for someone who is living in the light of the glory of God, who has seen His holiness, who's been touched by His power, who's been washed and cleansed. This fire that I expect you to have. And when it's not there, there's something in the heart of God that churns. Welcome to Moody Presents with Dr. Mark Job. He's president of Moody Bible Institute and founding pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. I'm John Geiger asking, do you need to reignite your passion for godly pursuits? Are things maybe spiritually cold for you? Well, today's a great day to listen to a a message from the Word of God. We're based in Revelation chapter 3, and this message comes to us from Dr. Mark Job's presentation at Founders Week. Normally heard in February, we made a move this year. We're parked in October for better weather, a better experience on our beautiful downtown campus. But anyway, we're looking at Revelation chapter 3 in a message he titled, Rekindled, Fanning the Flame of Our Calling. And we're asking some tough questions like, what have you lost, as in spiritually? I'll get out of the way now as we turn things over to our teacher, Dr. Mark Job on Moody Presents. You ever lost something that was important? Some of you already saying my glasses, my keys, just today. And you thought that you would never recover it. You know, some of you may have heard this story, but when my daughter who's now 30 years old. She was probably about, I would say, she was about five years old. And she came to me with these big brown puppy eyes. And she looked at me and she said, Daddy, could I have a puppy? I looked at her, that smile, that face, that porcelain skin, that little uh, bobby haircut that she had. I looked at her and said, no, honey. She said, Daddy, why not? I said, honey, when you're old enough to take care of a dog, then you can get a dog. Now, don't get me wrong. I've had uh, listeners through bold steps that tell me, it sounds like you don't like animals. I love animals. I was raised with dogs, a German shepherd. And in my village, they lived outside. (laughs) And so... I said, honey, when you get old enough, we'll get you a dog. And sure enough, I thought she would forget. She did not forget. She had puppy calendars, puppy posters. She, every year, it got more intense. And when she turned 12, of course, I had to get her a little puppy, a little Shih Tzu puppy. She loved this little dog. It became a part of our house. It became a part of what we did. Sure enough, I had to take her out a lot. Sure enough, the work fell on me still. She grew up through high school. I should have done the research. These dogs live 17 years. When I waved off, she went to college. I had the dog. When she came back, I said, here's your dog. She says, I'm moving downtown. They don't allow dogs. And so we still kept the dog. But one day, one day, we moved into a new house. This dog didn't, was a little bit unfamiliar with the territory, and we let the dog out, and the dog just ran. And someone said, hey, where's the dog? I don't know where the dog is. Do you know where the dog? No, I don't know where the dog is. And sure enough, the dog had run off. 
We were frantic because it was my daughter's little dog. I thought, we're going to lose this dog. I got in the car. I drove around the neighborhood. I asked people, have you seen a little dog? Have you seen this dog? No, haven't seen it. Haven't seen it. I came back home. I told my wife, what are we going to tell our daughter? I thought it was lost. I thought we're going to find the remains along the highway somewhere and have to scoop it up and say, Marissa, sorry to tell you. And just about the time we were trying to figure out what we'd tell my daughter, there was a... A knock at the door. I thought it was someone telling us, hey, we found your dog. It's by the road. But there it was, a lady holding our little dog in her arms. And she said, sir, does this belong to you? And my wife was so happy, she was jumping and screaming for joy that we found our little dog. Let me tell you something. Some of you have lost something that you thought you would never recover. Some of you have learned to live without it. Some of you have acted like life, it's normal that it's gone. It's not a dog, it's not hair. It's something much more compelling than that. It's passion. It's spiritual fire. It's the flame of God. And so I want you to take your Bibles today and I want you to turn to Revelation chapter 3. We have been praying all week that somehow during the songs that during the messages, during conversations that you may have, that God would, in a supernatural, powerful, undeniable way, that he would begin to rekindle, spark anew, breathe afresh. And some of you that have walked into this auditorium, if you were to be blatantly honest with me today, would say, Pastor, It's low. The fire, the passion, the joy, it's low today. I believe the Holy Spirit of God, through His Word and through this meeting, wants to ignite something in some of your hearts. It's a work of the Spirit of God that cannot be done by man. It's only God. And so, Father, I pray in Jesus' name, even now, as we worshiped, your Holy Spirit was already moving in some lives that were here. We invite you into this hall. We invite you into this sacred space. We invite you into our denial. We invite you into our apathy. We invite you into our coldness. We invite you into our desperation. And we ask God that you would do what we can't do on our own. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Revelation chapter 3. 
John had a vision of God. You're familiar with the seven churches of Revelation and God through the Spirit, Jesus himself speaking to John, gave a word to seven distinct churches. These are literal churches that existed at that time, but they are, there is a prophetic utterance, a timeless prophetic utterance that applies to seasons and times, churches and people today. The church of Laodicea is addressed in Revelation chapter 3, verse 14 through 22. John, inspired by the Spirit of God, penned these words, and the angel of the church in Laodicea write the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would that you were be either cold or hot, so because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. I want to talk to you about four things that I see in this passage about that will help you regain what you've lost or regain your spiritual passion. Number one. We need to wake up and break the mindset of spiritual denial. The Spirit of the living God is speaking to a church in Laodicea, and he's giving them a wake-up call. He's speaking to them about something that was true of them, but they didn't know of themselves. They were living in spiritual denial. They thought they were okay. Other people thought that they were okay. They moved on with life. They hadn't abandoned God. They still practiced the things of God. They went to church. They worshiped God. They claimed to be believers, but they had lost something that they had at one time, something powerful. But in their losing, they lived in denial. We know that because later on in this passage, the Spirit of God is very clear about the denial that they live in. He says, I know your works. In other words, I, I've seen your lifestyle, your behavior. I know how you operate. I know how you live. You know, Laodicea was a very wealthy city, a city that was prosperous. They were proud. They were economically robust. It was founded by Antiochus II, named after his wife, Laodicea, in the third century BC. I mean, how many wives have a city named after them? Come on. But they, in all their wealth and all their power and all their might, they had a plumbing problem. And Laodicea, well, they had the latest advancement, and people came to the city to see this beautiful temple that they had. They had an advanced medicine hospital that was the talk of that area. But when people went there, they discovered, there's something I don't like about Laodicea. 
It's their water. You see, they had a serious water problem because the city would pipe in from six miles out. It came along an aqueduct that the Romans were famous for building. And by the time it arrived in Laodicea, it was lukewarm. The city of Herapolis, just seven miles away of Laodicea, was famous for its hot springs, so the water would come out very hot. But after it traveled for about six miles and the aqueduct, it would start to get lukewarm. So by the time it got to Laodicea, it was just lukewarm. On the other side was Colossae. Colossae was 10 miles away, and it was known for its cold water, but by the time someone got the cold water all the way to Laodicea, it was, listen, in the lukewarm middle. You're listening to Pastor Mark Job in a message from our recent Founders Week 2023 called Rekindled, Fanning the Flame of Our Calling. Back to that message in just a moment. But I want to remind you that Founders Week as a Bible conference, formerly in the month of February, is now held in October. Now, just a few weeks ago at Founders Week, we heard from Dr. Joe Stoll, Chris Brooks, and many other gifted Bible teachers. And the good news is you didn't miss a thing. Even if you did, you can go to foundersweek.org to watch and listen. That's foundersweek.org. Plus, you'll find out information there very soon about next year's Founders Week event in October. All right, let's get back to Pastor Mark Job as he helps us deal with that lukewarm temperature that shouldn't be yours, spiritually speaking. All right, here's Mark Job helping us fan the flame of our calling for God on Moody Presents. You know, Jesus uses, as he speaks to them, an image that they were very familiar with, the lukewarmness of water, to talk about their spiritual condition. You know, there's something about denial. We have the problem, but we act like we don't have the problem. And so, how many of you know that you can live with the problem that everybody else knows that you have, but you deny it? How many of you know someone around you that has a big problem, but they deny it, deny it, deny it? Don't elbow your wife or your husband. I mean, I could think of several examples. One that's a little bit uncomfortable. I won't say what school it was at, but years ago in a school on a floor. There was a guy, there was a guy that just... Well, he just had really bad B.O., and he didn't seem to know it. And all the people around him were like, you know, someone's got to talk to this guy. This is a real problem. And no one wanted to talk to him about it, but it was a problem. He didn't know he had that problem. And so they were kind of snickering behind, hey, this guy's got a major issue. And, so, and I said, hey, guys, you shouldn't be talking about it like that. You know, someone should talk to him. They said, well, then you're appointed. <laughs> and so, well, it was very awkward. I said, I don't want to offend the guy. But I, he was walking down the hallway, and so I invited him to my room, and, and I, I grabbed a, a, a deodorant that was just there. And just playing within my hand and said, what kind do you use? (laughs) 
Like, what brand? I mean, he said, oh, I don't use that stuff. I like to go natural. I said, well, you know, bro, it, it, you know, in certain settings, that may be good. But in this setting, it's not a good idea. So I'm going to highly encourage you, use this brand. And I tried to, like, ease him in on it because, listen, he had a problem, but he didn't know. Everybody else knew, but he did not know. And sometimes in our life, we got issues in our life, we got problems, we got lukewarmness in our life that maybe other people see by the way we act, by the way we behave, by the way we worship, by the way we talk, by the way we engage in people, and it's a serious problem, but we are in denial. The Spirit of God is speaking to the church of Revelation, trying to wake them up about the denial of their spiritual lukewarmness. He said, I know your deeds, that you are neither hot nor cold, and I wish you were either one. And he states his great displeasure at the lukewarmness that they had. They didn't know they were lukewarm, neither did they know how challenging it was for God. How distasteful their lukewarmness was to him. How grievous their spiritual apathy was to God. I grew up in a small town in northern Spain. Not too far away from where I lived, there were some caves. And they were miles and miles of underground caves. And as youngsters, I used to like to go with my friends, and we would go in these caves with flashlights, and I got to know the caves pretty well. I mean, we would go literally miles and miles in these Caves that had not been, uh, they had not been commercialized yet. There was no lights. There was no stairs. These were raw caves, and we like to take people that had never been in the caves, especially from the city, take them way deep inside of the cave, and then act like our batteries went out. <laughs> Sheer panic from people that are stuck literally a half a mile in a cave in the total dark. You've never seen darkness until you've been in a cave. But I was dating my wife, Dee, at the time, and I told her we go caving, and I said, you want to come? She's not like this mountain climber girl. She's a city girl. She doesn't have hiking boots. She doesn't say, hey, can we climb to the mountain? Can we go caving? She's, that's not her. She's like, where's the nearest restaurant? And no, I don't want to go hiking. But you know what? We were, I think she was, we were wooing each other. And I said, do you want to go caving? She said, Sure the city girl. We went caving, and, and she was crawling through these little holes and dragging herself through these places and acting like she was enjoying it with a smile on her face. Uh, she was trying to prove that she was, you know, she could be that girl. And we were in there for a while with some people in the darkness of the cave. And we didn't know really how dirty we were. We didn't know how muddy we were. We couldn't see the smears on our faces, the mud on our chin, matted against the hair. We, we didn't know that until after about an hour and a half of being into the cave, we started to approach the entrance to the cave. 
And suddenly, after you've been in a cave for a long time, you start approaching the entrance of the cave. Your eyes are uh, blinded to the light a little bit because you're so used to the darkness. And as you get closer to the cave, you're squinting and can't see very well. But after you get used to the light a little bit, I remember looking at each other and laughing at each other because we really didn't know how dirty we were until we had gotten closer to the light that exposed the dirt on us. The Spirit of the living God is speaking to the church of Laodicea, and the Spirit of the living God is saying, I'm waking you up. I want you to see that there is a apathy about you, a lukewarmness about you that you don't even know. It has become normal to your existence. You think this is the normal way. You think this is natural. You've come to accept this as the day-to-day way that people live, but the Spirit of God breaks into their darkness and says, look at yourself. Wake up. This may be normal to you, but you're living in denial. It's not normal for someone who is living in the light of the glory of God, who has seen his holiness, who's been touched by his power, who's been washed and cleansed. This fire that I expect you to have, this fervency of spirit is what I expect to be normal about you. And when it's not there, there's something in the heart of God that churns. He says, so because you're lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. Now we know from other parts of Scripture that he's not talking about salvation. I believe in the security of the believer. I believe that you are indwelt by the Holy Spirit at the moment of your salvation and that you are sealed unto the day of redemption. That you can backslide and try to run from God, but if the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, you might as well surrender because he's not going to give up on you. So when he says, I'm about to spew you out of my mouth, what is he talking about? This is talking about a revolt in the heart of God. This is talking about a sense of this sickens the heart of God as he, as he, as something that you've tasted. If you've ever tasted something that uh, you didn't know was bad, it was, uh, it was sour, uh, you suddenly have a adverse reaction to it, and immediately your body wants to eliminate that which is distasteful to you. This is an image that God is giving us. This is a wake-up call. God is saying, I'm so revolted by lukewarmness that it causes me to actually have a visceral reaction to lukewarmness. We live in a country that accepts apathy and lukewarmness in spirituality as the norm. When there is fire in your heart, you're viewed as a radical. When there is commitment in your heart and a passion in your soul, you're viewed as unusual, as strange, as overzealous, because we live in a country that's full of spiritual apathy. We have roots in Christianity, but we have very little fire when it comes to living out our faith in a world that's apathetic. Boy, I hate to pull the plug on today's message. And again, it comes to us from Founders Week 2023, a message all about rekindling the flame of your calling. As a reminder, we would love for you to join our Moody Presents Advance Team. We'll be hearing more about that in the weeks to come, but you should know this up front. 
As a member of that advanced team, you'll have access to exclusive and very helpful tools. Plus, you'll be part of the group doing the important work of keeping this Bible teaching on the air, online, because of your financial help. You can go to moodypresents.org. Now, if you decide to become a member of that advanced team at $30 a month or more, get this, we'll immediately send you a discount code for half off, 50% off every purchase of yours from Moody Publishers. And boy, have they got a lot to offer you and your family, your kids, your spouse, your grandkids. Just go to moodypresents.org and click the Donate Now button to be a part of the Moody Presents advanced team at $30 a month or more. Next week, we'll continue our teaching in Revelation chapter 3. But for right now, maybe it's possible that the first step you need to take in response to all of this great teaching is to receive Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life, your Savior. If you've never come to Jesus and said, hey, I've messed up, now's the time to do it. The Bible says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. But believe what? Believe in faith itself? No, no, that's not it. The Bible says if you will confess with your mouth, that means agree. If you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's not through our good works, our own efforts that we're saved. In fact, the Bible says, by grace we're saved through faith, that not of ourselves. It's the gift of God, so no one can boast or brag. Let me pray with you if you'd like to receive Jesus now. Lord, I've messed up. I'm a sinner. Would you please forgive me? Would you make me your child? Would you help me turn away from the me monster lifestyle that we all fall into? I want you to be in charge of me, Jesus, from this day forward. Amen. We invite you to email us and let us know if you have made this important decision. Our email address is moodypresents at moody.edu. That's moodypresents at moody.edu. More from Revelation chapter 3. Our teacher Mark Job is back next week on Moody Presents, a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.